Hi there, everybody, and welcome to The Feminine Domain. I am Rebecca Klusterman, and this is episode one of this podcast. Before I begin, I want to just give a quick shout out to Tristan Inglis of Folklorist Music, who did the little intro and the outro for this with a sweet island vibe. Um, a shout out to my Bajan heritage, so thanks for that, Tris. And since this is the first episode, um, I figured I should say that my goal for this podcast is really simple. It is to spur on Christian women towards greater faithfulness in their daily lives as Christians. So I'm going to aim to do this through short, emphasis on short, biblical exhortations that can hopefully be listened to while you're folding a load of laundry or doing the dishes or any of the other duties that you have as wives, mothers, single women. Okay, Um, I've been enormously helped in this way by women such as Nancy Wilson and Elizabeth Elliott. So I do pray that this little podcast is a practical help to some lady listening out there. So with that said, we'll just dive straight into today's topic, which is something I've been thinking about lately. Um, It's the topic of steadfastness. So according to the dictionary, steadfastness is the quality of staying the same, being unchanging. Other synonyms include stability, firmness, fixedness, faithfulness, constancy, endurance, resolution. And in scripture, this word steadfastness carries a similar meaning. In fact, it is used interchangeably in English translations with the word faithfulness. And sometimes the word firm, you'll see the word steadfast used in an English translation, and it will be replaced in another translation with firm. Um, So I'd like to use Psalm 78 today to look more closely at this virtue of steadfastness. Um, I recommend ladies reading the whole of the psalm and really taking time to meditate on all 72 verses. But for our short time today, I'm going to focus on certain sections. Um, I'm going to start in verse 4 and then hop down to verse 6. Hopefully those of you who have your Bibles open and are following along can see where I'm going here. Okay, so... Psalm 78, starting in the second part of verse 4, it says, Tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done, that the next generation might know them, verse 6, the children yet unborn, and arise to tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. They did not keep God's covenant, verse 10, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. Down to verse 17. They sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Verse 21. Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Verse 34. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, 
the Most High God, their Redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all of his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. And we'll stop there for now. So from these few verses in Psalm 78, we can see a clearer picture of what steadfastness is. We see in verse 7, it is setting our hope in God, remembering his works, keeping his commandments. Then in verse 22, we see it talks about believing in God and trusting in his saving power. We see both times the word steadfast is used in this passage in verse 8 and verse 37. It's followed by the word faithful. So to be steadfast in a biblical sense is more than just a steady fixedness or being resolved. It is to be faithful to God, okay? And it's important to note that this kind of faithfulness is under attack in a unique way during trials, hardships, afflictions, and suffering. Verse 17 says, They sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High. Where? In the desert. And then in verse 18 to 19, we see them testing God in their hearts, demanding the food that they craved, and doubting God's ability to provide, such that they spoke against him. Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? But aren't we just like this? When life gets hard, we too allow our cravings free reign, don't we? We doubt that God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, as his word promises us in Philippians 4.19. You see, ladies, the enemy uses trials and sufferings in our lives to tempt us towards the opposite of steadfastness, just as he did with the Israelites. In suffering, we're tempted to forget the works of God, just like they did in verse 7 and 11. We're tempted to be stubborn and rebellious and disobedient. When life gets hard, we task God by demanding from him that which we crave. Lord, you have to end this pain now. You have to do this or I'm not going to make it. We doubt his, abil- his ability to provide for us in and through the trial. And fear in suffering, fear comes in, right? It's such a powerful tool of the enemy against women specifically. In 1 Peter 3, 6, it tells us that we are Sarah's daughters if we do not fear that which is frightening. This is a particular temptation for us as women. But Psalm 112 verses 6 to 8 says, For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. The word there for firm? Steadfast. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. Sisters in Christ, I want to encourage you today 
that what the enemy intends for evil in your life, that suffering that you're facing, God intends for good. The trials and the afflictions that seem to be hammering you incessantly, that are constantly threatening your steadfastness, these very sufferings are simultaneously the crucible for your growth in steadfastness. Listen to how James puts it in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 and verse 12. Count it all joy, my brothers, my sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is the man, woman, blessed is the woman who remains steadfast under trial. For when she has stood the test, she will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Ladies, there is a unique blessing and a steadfastness of heart that can only be accomplished in our lives through trials. Okay? And at this point, there may be some of you listening who are thinking, okay, I can see this from the word. I can see what you're saying. I know in my head that what you're saying is right. But how, in the midst of all that I'm facing right now, how do I practically remain steadfast and avoid being blown about by these cares and the sorrows of this life in a broken world? Um, And so I'm going to give you four practical steps that I'm seeking to follow in my own daily fight for faithfulness. And it is a fight. Um, So here they are. Number one, repent. Okay, it's where it needs to begin with repentance. We need to acknowledge our lack of trust in God. We need to cry out with the psalmist in Psalm 5110, create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God can do in our hearts what we cannot. Okay, but we have to begin with acknowledging our lack of steadfastness and ask him to change our hearts. He is forgiving. Let's look back at Psalm 78, verses 38 and 39. It says, Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. The Lord knows your frame, dear sister, as you struggle through the sufferings of this life. And you can acknowledge to him, Lord, I don't trust you. My heart is wavering and shaking like a leaf. Um, Come before him and confess that to him and repent. Ask him to change your heart in the places you can't. So that's number one, repent of your lack of steadfastness. Number two, consider other faithful saints, both present Christians in your life as well as past. Okay, so in 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9, Peter warns the scattered Christians who are suffering of their adversary, the devil who prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He tells them to resist the devil, firm, 
there's that word again, firm, otherwise translated steadfast. Resist the devil, firm in your faith, steadfast, knowing, knowing what? That the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So considering the faithfulness of fellow believers in the midst of their sufferings helps us because it dispels our why me attitude. Many times I have been mercifully spared from the pit that is self-pity by simply looking sideways to a fellow sister in Christ running her race beside me by faith and seeing another Christian faithfully carrying her load inspires me to carry mine. And we can look back as well. Back in history, James 5, 10 to 11 says, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So point two is consider the faithfulness of the saints, both presently as well as saints who have lived before us. Okay, practical step number three. You remain steadfast by focusing on the work at hand. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Elizabeth Elliot always says, do the next thing. Just do the next thing by faith. Nancy Wilson, steady on. So abound in the work that he has called you to do. And you avoid flopping around like a fish. It helps you to be steadfast by focusing on the duties that the Lord has placed in front of you. Okay, so we have repent, number one. Two, consider the faithfulness of other Christians as they carry their loads, both presently and those who've gone before us. Three, focus on the work at hand that the Lord has given you to do. And fourth, the fourth practical thing you can do is sing. Psalm 57 verse 7 says, My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody. The fruit of a steadfast heart is singing, ladies. And you need to lead your heart in this. So when you feel like everything is unraveling, sing to the Lord. Pump those hymns and those worship songs. Lead your heart in it. Don't wait till you feel like singing to sing. Sing when you don't feel like it and the feelings will follow. Okay? Um, so in closing, I'll just read verse 52 of Psalm 78. And before I do, let me just remind us that the God of Israel that we're going to read about here in verse 52 is our God, okay? He is your God. He is my God. If your faith is in Christ, this is your God. He led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. God bless you, ladies. Until next time.